So many cool things are happening here at The Rock. And I'm just, just truly excited about um, seeing these things get accomplished. I can't wait till we begin to break ground for that foyer space. But I'm just grateful that so many of us are, are buying into this and, and moving forward. You know, Laura just gave me some paperwork, actually, from many, many years ago when Keith and Shannon, uh, the pastors before me, moved here. They actually intended to have that foyer space built, I think, two years into the process. And uh, it's very interesting when that happened, obviously, was when the, the recession hit in 2008. And Keith and Shannon had no idea what God was going to do with their lives when they, and where they were going to end up and so forth. It's so interesting, though, that when we picked up the master planning, that Keith and Shannon had already done so much of the master planning conversation with Midwest Construction. And it was like there was this, this beautiful harmony of how God was bringing everything together. And so we're seeing it, and uh, we're seeing how God's prospering and moving, moving us forward and excited about it. And so I uh, just continue to fast and pray that everything will be done according to His will and will give Him glory. So uh, today, uh, we are, I just want to encourage you, and throughout this month, we're going to focus on the fasting, right? We're going to be fasting 21 days. And I want to take the time uh, to kind of just speak on these Sundays on, on truths about fasting principles about fastings and reasons why we should fast. And that's going to be my focus today, to talk about reasons why we should fast. Tomorrow we begin a 21-day fast. And I can't tell you how encouraged I am that so many of us are taking this on and believing that God is going to move throughout these 21 days. I want to remind each of you that what you stand to gain is greater than what you will lose in this fast. Okay? I want you to just hear that. When it comes to fasting... What you stand to gain is always greater than what you stand to lose. Just think about that. Because sometimes, you know, emotionally, we know that a lot of emotionally and physically, we feel like we're losing so much. Because our bodies are so accustomed to being fed when they want to be fed, how they want to be fed, whenever it desires it, right? So it immediately feels like a loss. But that loss, again, is in order to increase the spiritual hunger so that you can gain the greater reward. You know, uh, just on, on, on frivolous things, you know how, you know, I don't know about you, but there are times where I just, you know, for me, I oftentimes, and don't judge me, but oftentimes I just crave a good old double cheeseburger. Just a good old double cheese. And on my way to that drive through at Wendy's, I just think this is going to be so glorious. It's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so great. And you know what? Oftentimes right after I have that cheeseburger and them fries, it wasn't all that big a deal. Right? Now, isn't it amazing how our body just tricks us to think that that's the best thing since sliced bread? I still like a cheeseburger. I'm not condemning a cheeseburger now. But just, just, just want to remind you throughout the fast that Hey, what you stand to gain is greater than what you stand to lose. I want to remind you of this verse, and we have it on the screen. It's the verse that I want us to focus on in a 21-day fast. It is impossible to please God without faith, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Keep that in mind. There's no one who's set their hearts to seek the Lord that wasn't rewarded by him. Okay? I want you to just think about that. I want you to remember what we're seeking God for. Radical, transformational lives that, that, uh, that, are, that we would experience transformational things in the Lord. That God would change our lives, would bring healing, would, would, would bring a change that would uh, lead us to reflect His glory and His presence and His nearness in our services and in our lives. 
think about the things that you are fasting for as you continue to move forward. Now, again, remember the scripture that teaches us that if we seek him with all our hearts, that we will find him. If we knock on the door, he will open the door. And if you, again, if you ask, you will receive. Just keep that in mind. Now, as we're fasting, there are many people who are going to be fasting different things. Um, And there's different ways to fast uh, food, right? There are some people, if we go to that slide, that are going to fast a meal a day. If you've not been a person who are accustomed to fasting, uh, to dive into a saying that you're going to fast a, a whole day or whatever may be, it may be difficult. So there are people who are just, you know, I'm learning that I'm going to fast a meal a day. And uh, so uh, they're just going to make a commitment to fast a meal a day. And throughout that time that they have had to nourish their bodies with food, um, what they're going to do is focus on prayer and seeking the Lord and, and being mindful of his presence. It's not, I'm going to fast breakfast, and so I'm going to sleep till 1130 <laughs> so that I can wake up at noon. Okay. All right. Can I just? All right. Okay. I'm sorry to mess up your game plan. Again, some people move towards moving to fast two meals a day. Some would fast from six to six. There are often people who say from, um, from six to six, like uh, from, from the morning to evening, they fast. And again, when you commit to a fast like that, the best idea is not that you go to Steak and Shake and order yourself, you know, 10 milkshakes afterwards to make up for what you missed. Your body would not respond kindly to that kind of stuff, right? The idea is to consecrate yourself and be hungry for Jesus. And, uh, and, and some people do things like no meats, no sweets, and no pops. Throughout the 21 days, I'm going to do no meat, no sweet, and no pop. Um, there are others who are really good at fasting and they do you know just juices just fruit juices vegetables and nuts uh, they call it a daniel fast to stay away from from the meats and the such and just stay with the nuts the vegetables the beans and and so forth and stay away from the carbs as well and so uh, and there's all kinds of different things that we can do for the lord just be about seeking the lord in regards to what that is for yourself and what that looks on a regular basis you know uh, for the 21 days and and stay that course. Be encouraged. God's going to move. I know that. Um, I know that there are many people. I just talk to people and, and I ask them. So what are you doing? What are you doing for the twenty one day fast? And some people are, you know, just sharing with us what they're doing. And and oftentimes I hear this. I'm going to fast. This. Right, again, you don't understand, right? I understand. If there's that sense of difficulty, praise God, you've chosen a good thing. You've chosen a good thing. God's going to reward us. So there's different things that I like for you to consider putting away. As you fast, consider maybe putting away other things. Maybe social media has taken a lot of your time. And you're saying throughout this 21 days that you want to put away social media to a certain extent. Or maybe some TV shows or video games or certain forms of exercise. Right? For those of you who are very active, if you're going to be limiting your intake, be careful not to try to outdo things out there and then find yourself fainting or collapsing. I've experienced it, right? Um, just uh, overworking myself in a fast is, is not a good idea. So just pay attention to the, the work that you're doing, your, 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 your routine at work, and the things that are expected of you and, uh, throughout the day, and make sure that that kind of informs the kind of fast that you will, that you will take on. Uh, things you should pick up or consider picking up during your fast. Obviously, you should be prayerful. 
right? Whenever those hunger pains kick on, you should, your mind should be saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm believing that you're going to do mighty things. I'm believing that you're working in my life and bringing me closer to you. I would encourage you, if you're a person who journals, it's a great time to pick up your journal and write down what you're experiencing or how the Lord is speaking to you throughout the time of the fast. Obviously, I like to encourage you to read your Bible, to be about reading the scriptures, uh, to get a Bible plan, something that you're reading as you're processing this so that God could speak to you throughout the journey. Set aside time that you take a, the worship CD or listen to some worship, especially if you got that. Some of you are fasting that lunch hour at work or whatever it may be. Take that time to maybe get in your car or get some headphones and just listen to worship and worship the Lord and praise him. Uh, and I would also encourage picking up some accountability. You know, maybe you need somebody to just kind of weekly talk to and say, hey, how's your fast going? You know, uh, you, you, you're like me and you're like, man, I need to I need to talk to brother so and so and. And, I, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep fighting. I've I got somebody holding me accountable and doing this with me. Okay? So I just want to encourage you to maybe consider accountability. Now, as you think of the ways and the things that you can fast, I want to talk to you about why we should fast. I believe that one of the most difficult practices of the Christian faith is to fast. Especially in a culture like ours, where we have such an overabundance of food and advertisement related to food. If you, dri- if you drive down Navarre Avenue uh, at all, these 21 days, you're for sure going to get persuaded to drive into one of the many wonderful options that surround you. It is downright hard to put down something as natural as eating for the sake of that which we do not see and does not satisfy immediately. It is hard to put down the food that so immediately satisfies for the things that we don't immediately see. So, of course, the question has to be answered. Why in the world should we fast? What is the purpose and benefit of fasting? And today, as we begin our fast, I'd like to point out some of the biblical reasons why people fasted and were encouraged to fast. As we consider these reasons, I believe that we're going to discover reasons to fast. And I believe that we're going to find reasons why we should not only fast this 21 days, but maybe throughout the year, consider specific days, maybe a day throughout the week or within the months of fast, so that we would continue to seek the Lord for those things that the Lord wants to do in our lives and that we're seeking for Him to do in our lives. And in doing so, living a lifestyle of fast or of consecration before the Lord. So I want to share with you just very quickly some biblical reasons why we should fast. Okay, Number one, one reason we see, and I'm going to jump all over Scripture, just going to give you some Scripture references. I'm going to share with you some reasons we see in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, why people fasted. Number one, people fast when they want to walk by faith and they are expecting for God to supernaturally provide. Okay? People fast when they want to walk by faith and they are expecting God to supernaturally provide. In Ezra chapter 8, verse 21 on down, You hear the story of a priest named Ezra and a scribe, which meant that he protected the law or taught the law to the people of Israel. And Ezra lived during the time where the Persian king Artaxerxes was giving permission now to the Israelites to leave Persia and go back to their promised land or to the land that God had given them. And in the process, 
Ezra would boast about the goodness of God and how great God was towards the people and how God always provided everything that they needed. And so Ezra made this declaration in Ezra chapter 8, verse 21 on down. He says, There, by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed the fast, so a fast, so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask Him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we had told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. So here is Ezra. He knows that God has begun to turn the king of Persia's heart towards the Lord, right, towards him. And he is boasting a lot about the goodness of God. Do you know what God does for his people? Do you know what God has done for his people? Do you know what God can do for his people? Finally, Artaxerxes allows, uh, with, you know, there's the group with Nehemiah and with Ezra and different groups that go out. And, and Ezra's about to lead a group of God's people to take the things that were in the temple of God, to take the, 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 the things that remain from the temples of God from Persia back into the promised land and ultimately to build a temple to glorify God in. And as he goes out, he says, what would I look like if I asked the king to protect us when I've been boasting about God all this time? It would be crazy to sit here and boast about how God does all these things and then sit here and say that I need the king to provide for my protection. It would make less of my God. Ain't that incredible? You know, Ezra could have said, I'm going to take that protection because I got favor. That's a favor of God. I'm just going to take it. But no, something Ezra convinced him that it, that it would rob God of his glory. And so Ezra made up his mind to seek the Lord in fasting and prayer because he knew that the journey back to Israel would probably, uh, they, they would probably meet a lot of enemies. And in the process, he trusted God, and this is what it says. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. So Ezra called the people of God to fast so that God would provide supernatural protection and make them successful on their journey toward the promised land. Now let's talk about us. You and I are on a spiritual journey to a promised land. And that promised land is not Israel. That promised land is not necessarily something we see here on earth. That promised land is eternity with Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And I want to say something about fasting. Every time we talk about fasting, it may be possible there are even those in the group that say that when we fast, we are actually trying to do something that Jesus has already done for us. Jesus already won the victory. He defeated everything on the cross. Why do we need to go to the extent of fasting? Let me just say something. Because Jesus won the victory on the cross, we get to fast. Because Jesus overcame, we get to seek him. Because Jesus paid a price and rose from the grave and calls us to eternal life, we get to discipline ourselves in things that would awaken our spirit and put to death the works of the flesh. Are you with me? So, so we are on this spiritual journey. And just like Ezra knew that he would face many enemies on his way to the promised land, you and I need to be aware that we have a spiritual enemy. And that spiritual enemy is going to try to take away our victory, the victory that Jesus has already given us, the path that Jesus has already made for us. But you and I need to be on our guard 
through prayer and fasting. Not because Jesus hasn't done it yet, but because he's done it and he has entrusted us to keep it until the day that we meet him. Therefore, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Not that we're afraid, but that we're reverent. We're thankful for what he's done. We know that we're more than conquerors and we're on this journey moving forward toward Jesus. Oftentimes, as people like us who believe that God has given us a will to choose for or against him, we are accused of being a people who think that God is fickle and that we can lose our salvation at any given moment. That's not the way we see it. The way we see it is that God is a covenant God that keeps and protects that covenant, and he keeps us, and he saves us, and he works salvation in our lives, and we're thankful for that. But we also know that he calls us to engage. You with me? Just like in a marriage, if a husband disengages, eventually that marriage is ruined. If a wife disengages, eventually that marriage is ruined, right? In the same way, God calls us to engage with his salvation process. And I'm afraid that sometimes we disengage by saying, well, Jesus has done it all. We don't have anything else to do. Are you with me? We got to engage in this relationship. And part of engaging is the spiritual discipline of fasting. Fasting. People who walk by faith fast because they know that they need the supernatural provision and protection of God. Let me ask a question. When people look at our lives, when they look at our lives, is it evident that we are dependent on the protection and the supernatural provision of God? I want you to think about that. Let's look at our lives. If someone was to look from the outside in and look at the story of our lives, would it be evident to them there is a God who must be operating in their lives because there's no way that person has gotten there by their own ability. There's no way that person has made it through by their own ability. There's no way that person has become the person that they are by where they come from. I want you to ask yourself that question. If you say, well, you know, maybe it's not so evident that maybe we're not really necessarily walking by faith. Yeah, that's, that's not a judgment. I'm just saying People can't look into my life and see someone who's totally dependent on God. You know, someone who is uh, being supernaturally provided for. Then what are they seeing? What are they seeing? Do our lives look like lives that reflect individuals who are totally dependent on the grace of God? People fasted. People fasted when they walked by faith and sought God's provision for their lives. Fasting teaches us to rely on God's protection and provision. Fasting disciplines us to rely on God, and that gives God the glory. Another reason why people fasted in the Bible is for ter- be- when they turned away from their sins and they begin to seek for God's blessing, people usually fasted. They were encouraged to fast. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. This is a prophecy. Joel says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart and with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? 
He may turn and relent and leave behind the blessing, grain offering and drink offerings to the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet and sign, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chambers. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Okay, so here is Joel, and he's writing this to the people of God. Now, I want you to just talk to me for a little bit. Who is called to fast? In that portion of scripture that I just read, Joel chapter 2, who is called to fast? Everyone. Bride and bridegroom, priest, mothers, everyone is called to fast. Everyone. Everyone is called to this consecration, putting away the comforts of this world to seek God, right? And I, I, love the, I, I love this statement, rend your hearts and not your garments. It's a reflection of the culture that Joel was speaking to. What does it reflect? It reflects that we can look ritually correct and be apart from God in our hearts. Let me re- rephrase that. That we can look like we're doing religiously the right things and yet our hearts be far from God. Are you with me? Any religious practice, any religious practice, we can do all the religious practices and yet have hearts that are, that are really far from the Lord. So fasting is one of those things. Uh, it's one of those practices that, that hurt our, our flesh, in a sense, increases that hunger and says, Lord, we, we just want you to come in and if our hearts is not lining up to you, we want you to make it right. Fasting is a great way to turn away from the, the way that we live, from old, bad, sinful habits, and to turn to God and to seek His blessing and His favor. Now, again, who paid the price for our sins? He overcame on the cross, so we are no longer slaves to sin. But that doesn't mean that we don't have bad spirit, bad sinful habits. Jesus, when we come to the Lord and give our lives to Him, it's not like all our sinful habits are broken. And fasting is, again, one of those spiritual disciplines that we do before the Lord that helps us break some sinful habits in our lives. Are you with me? There are sinful habits in our lives that need my attention. I want the Lord to break the yoke of sin in my life. I know that I'm saved. I know that I've been delivered and I have victory in this. How do I get that victory? By learning the disciplines of the faith. Part of that discipline is fasting. Fasting and seeking the Lord. I believe... uh, uh, there's a uh, brother Israel who, who sought the Lord, you know, and, and this for him, he was convicted of, a, of something that, that he was doing on a regular basis that, um, in, in, his, in his diet that was affecting him. And he, in, he, he engaged in a 21-day fast, and God broke that off of his life. Amen? Praise God. You know, seek the Lord in fasting and believe that he can give you freedom over sinful behavior. And in the process, also believe that he will bless you. Fasting is also done when healing is needed. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22. You find that David is fasting for his son. Uh, and uh, uh, because of his sin with Bathsheba, God uh, spoke judgment over, over the life of his son. But this is what David knew about the Lord. He knew that God was a healer. And he said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. 
David in Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. So David knew that God was a healer. And when things were tough, and even in the midst of him knowing that it was judgment from God, you'll find that David is a guy that even when he sees the judgment of God, he doesn't just turn away and say, well, whatever, I'll receive it. No, he gets in the face of God and says, okay, God, but we need your mercy. But we need your mercy. And I want to tell you something about our God. He's a healing God. I believe that. I believe that healing has been provided for us on the cross, that when Jesus died on the cross, that by his stripes we are healed. And I believe that speaks to us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. I don't have the answers by why we don't see healing all the time physically. And I'm not saying that someone is doubted or they lack faith, and that's why they're not healed. That's, that's ridiculous. But what I am saying is that God has provided an avenue for us to pray for healing. And 100% of the time, 100% of the time, God calls us to believe and to call on him for healing. Why not take on his promises? Fasting is one of the ways that we say, Lord, we take on your promises. We believe in your healing. We believe in the power of the cross. We want to receive all that you have for us. Healing is one of the reasons why people fasted in the scriptures. Another reason why people fasted in the scripture was when they needed deliverance. Esther chapter 4, you know the story. Verse 16, Esther chapter 4, verse 16. When Esther knew that she had to go and talk to the king about the dire situation that Israel found itself in, she said, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And uh, I and my attendant will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Right? Here is an edict has been passed out that all the Jews are supposed to be exterminated and only Esther can do something to change that reality, right? She receives bad news and what does she do? She dedicates time to prayer and fasting to seek the Lord, right? For what purpose? For deliverance. And God gave them a great deliverance. By the way, a deliverance that they're still celebrating today. Okay, I want you to keep that in mind. A deliverance that's still being celebrated today. Let me ask you a question. What happens when we receive bad news? What do we do when crisis hits? Crisis always hits, right? We're humans. We we live in a fallen world. Crisis happens. What are we doing when crisis hits? Oftentimes, I think we much rather not think of crisis at all, right? We just don't want to think of Nobody wants to think about crisis. But the reality is that God calls us to respond appropriately to him in the midst of crisis. And part of responding to the Lord in a way that honors him is that when crisis hits, we make a decision to fast and pray and seek him. You receive any bad news in 2016? Are you battling with some tough situations now in 2017? Is there a financial crisis you're struggling with? Your children are in a crisis. What's going on? How are you fasting and praying so that God would do something different in that situation? Or are you just hoping time would change things? Are you picking up the phone and complaining and talking to a million people about it, yet not really taking the time to spiritually fast and seek the Lord? Boy, I know that I'm guilty of those same things. When crisis hits, I want to make sure that My primary response is, Lord, I'm going to seek and fast and believe you for the victory. 
So part of the reason why people fasted in the Bible was for deliverance. Oftentimes, people fasted when they were grieving. Sometimes in Scripture, you see uh, people fast during a time of grieving. 2 Samuel 1 through 12, when Jonathan and Saul, uh, when King Saul died and his son, David led Israel to pray and fast for the king and his son who had died before he moved uh, before he moved forward as king, right? Before David moved forward as king, he prayed for Saul and Jonathan, even though they were his enemies, not Jonathan, but Saul was. David knew that that wasn't God's intention for Saul. And he led Israel not to celebration, but to a time to grieve, to fast and pray and to grieve. The fact that this was the outcome of their lives grieved David and he knew that he needed to lead the people to understand, to grieve and to mourn the loss of God's plan for Saul's life. We are called to fast and pray at times when we are grieving the loss of someone or something. Is there anything you're grieving for today? Do you realize how much we have to grieve for as Americans? Do you realize how much godly ground it seems America is losing and has lost? Do you notice the war on freedom of speech? Do you notice the war on freedom, period? Do you notice the war on privacy, the war on freedom of religion, the war on life, the war on the right to protect ourselves, the war on the right to a fair trial, and how what is legal and illegal no longer lines up with what is right and wrong? Do you realize the war that is raging against different people groups and the racial tension that exists today and the deep wounds that exist in the black community, legitimately so, and in the rural communities, legitimately so, and in the police department, legitimately so, and so forth? Is anyone grieving over the fact that this election should have been called pick your poison instead of the choice? Is anyone grieving over the fact that the choices that we were left with was an individual who, impul- who is impulsively driven and arrogant and someone who seems whose native language is a lie? Anyone grieving today? It saddens me. And some parts of us are just celebrating as if the church has got a great victory. N- Anything that doesn't reflect the character of God doesn't give God the glory. Anyone grieving today that our children cannot ride the bike down the street and we be okay with it, that sleepovers can't be sleepovers anymore? Is anybody grieving the reality that we cannot even, kids are being persecuted for taking their Bibles in school and for prayer And that we cannot even talk about intelligent design in our science classrooms. Is anybody grieving these things? Can we keep it down back there, please? Can we keep it down back there? Are we grieving? I think we have a lot to grieve for. And I believe, church, can I share this with you? That grieving is the main ingredient to revival. You can't say you want revival if you don't let your heart grieve. Your heart's not broken over the offense that the black community is facing in America. Your heart's not broken about the fact that our police department, police officers are going out, they're afraid of their lives and what may happen. 
Your heart's not broken over what happened in Chicago last year. If your heart's not broken over the right to life, if your heart's not broken and grieving over the crisis that you're facing, you will seldom have the disposition and the determination to seek the Lord in a fast and a prayer for revival. Grieving is the main ingredient. So I want you to, I want you to say, Lord, I allow you to break my heart for the things that break your heart. Grieving is the main ingredient for revival. Another reason why people fasted in the Bible was when direction was needed and decisions were made. Acts chapter 13 and 14, you see that the disciples, uh, the people of God, when they were appointing leaders before they did so, they fasted and they prayed and they sought the Lord before they appointed leaders. Another reason you find in the Bible why people fast and pray uh, when they're, again, confessing sins and dealing with God's judgment. Jonah chapter 3 tells us the story of an entire nation that fasted and prayed and how God turned his wrath away and gave them mercy. Another reason why people fasted in the Bible was when revelation was desired, when people wanted God to show up and they wanted, when people wanted God to reveal his will. You find it in Nehemiah chapter 1 when Nehemiah receives the news of the walls in Israel being in disrepair and he received that revelation. He fasted and prayed for God to do something. When Daniel was fasting in Daniel chapter 9, the Bible says that Daniel finally understood the words of Jeremiah the prophet and how Israel will be in exile for 70 years. And then he began to fast and pray for God to have mercy. And over and over again, you see God seeking, uh, people seeking God and fighting with God and wrestling with God and fasting for revelation. People also fasted uh, as they awaited for the Messiah. Luke chapter 2, 37 talks about a prophetess, right? And another, and a man of God who waited at the temple, who who yearn to see the Messiah. And also, as you see Matthew 6, 16 and Matthew 6, 18 and Matthew 4, you see that people fasted. Jesus fasted. If Jesus fasted, do you think we have to fast? Right? You see that people were fasting in order to grow in intimacy with Jesus. I mean, to, with, with God. Jesus fasted for that intimacy with God. And how do I know that Part of the reason why Je- that Jesus was fasting was for intimacy with the Father. Because the attacks of the devil on his fast was on the intimacy factor. Notice those two temptations. If you are the Son of God, twice, if you are the Son of God. Part of Jesus' fast was to grow, grow closer with the Father. Are you with me? And so again, another reason why we fast is to seek intimacy with the Father. Would you stand with me today? Hallelujah. What are our reasons to fast? Do we need deliverance? Are we grieving? Are we needing God to give us his heart? That we will be broken over the things that break his heart? Do we need healing in our lives? Are we seeking His blessing and His favor? We're in need of His blessing and His favor. Do we just want to grow in intimacy with Jesus? 
We want to grow in intimacy, closer to the Lord. Closer to the Lord. Let me ask you this question. Which one of us, which one of us could actually um, say that we don't really have a good reason to fast? Right? Now, I want you to think about what's the reward of fasting? So we look at all those reasons. What's the reward of fasting? Number one, generational celebration. I want you to think about Esther, right? Esther stood before the king, even though it cost her her life. To this day, it is celebrated, the fact that God spared his people. I want you to take that, put that on yourself. Maybe there's something going on in your family, some things that need broken in your family, some victories your family desperately needs. What if you had the attitude that you would seek the Lord in prayer and fasting and believe that God would do a mighty work? Imagine the generational celebration that will happen because of your dedication to seek the Lord and believe His Word. Just think about that. Fasting, fasting has turned things around. What are some things that God's trying to turn around so that there will be, so that favor and grace would be passed down from generation to generation? Now, after Jesus fasted, he stood at a temple, and as he stood at that temple, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he started to declare what he came to do. He came to set the captives free, to give sight to the blind, right? To heal the brokenhearted, and to declare the year of God's joy, his favor, and his restoration. I believe that just like Jesus went from fasting to declare the year of God's favor, the goodness of God, that fast always precedes God's goodness and his favor and his mercy and his power. And that's why we begin the year with fasting. Because as a church, we need God's favor, God's goodness, God's healing, God's power, God's joy, God's presence, His resurrection, generational curses broken, blessings being spoken over our kids, prophetic truth liberating our families and our children and our children's children, and our nation needs to come back to Jesus. Do you believe that today? Thank you, Lord. So, Father, as we turn to you, we thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Lord, as we turn uh, to fast and to seek your face, we're encouraged. We believe, God. We believe that you're going to do a mighty work. Lord, I want to right now just uh, thank you for all that you will do throughout this 21-day fast. Thank you for all that you will do. For all that you will do. Now, can I encourage all of you to come and join me at the altar as we close today? If you're here and you're, and you're making a commitment to the fast, I'd like to welcome all of you to just stand with me here at the altar as we close. Hallelujah. What we're going to do throughout this fast is we're going to continue to keep the altars open and ask God to, to just move in our lives and give us direction and speak His Word. Um, and then the last day of our fast, that last Sunday... We're going to just, you know, part of what I'm believing for is for healing, for physical healing uh, and for divine direction in our, in our lives. We're going to anoint. We're going to get some oil and on that last Sunday. We're going to anoint 
everyone and pray for God to just finish the work that he begun throughout this 21-day fast. But right now, what I want to do is we stand here at the altar, just pray for God's blessing over your life as you make a commitment to this fast. And uh, right now, just uh, begin to meditate on what you believe the Lord wants to do throughout your time of fasting and prayer. Lord, I thank you for salvation over families. I thank you, God, for deliverance over drug addictions. I thank you for your provision financially. I thank you, Lord God, for joy that breaks the yoke of the enemy. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit and your presence to be felt. I thank you for physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. I thank you for restoration of families. I thank you, Lord God, for just restoration of health, of resurrection power, Lord God, of emotional healing, Lord God. I thank you for your protection, Lord God. I thank you for clarity, for the call of God to be made clear, God. I thank you, God, for courage to walk by faith, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for making a way out of no way. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us to walk by faith. Lord, I bless your people. Lord, we have consecrated ourselves to seek you in a fast. And Lord, we are excited, not because we hope that something is going to happen, but because we know something is going to happen, because you have declared it, and you're not a man that you should lie. Or turn back on your word. So I want to thank you right now for the healing, the provision, the power of your Holy Spirit, the baptism of your Holy Spirit, the freshness of your presence, Lord, intimacy, Father, with you. Thank you for your anointing the flow. Thank you that these people who are up here are saying, I am not comfortable. I'm not satisfied. I want more of God. I want more of God. And God, I thank you that you say that you see that. You see it. You see it. And that you will reward it, God. You reward it. So, Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you that from day to day to week to week that you would reveal yourself. Thank you that you would unite marriages, God. That you would move in power and in might. Thank you, God, that you would reveal your will, Father. You would get vision for 2017. And that things will begin to happen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. No, we know, God, that from this moment that we've set our face to seek you, that your heavenly angels, God, that your, your, Father God, your power is working on our behalf, that you are on the move, oh God, right now. We know it, God, and we're going to see this true, through, Father God, because we know that you are true. Lord, we thank you. We bless you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.